Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Tony, it's always a uh, spine-tingling moment when you uh, hear recording in progress. You still get you still get nervous, Rob. You still get tingly. <laughs> I do. I do. And, and where are you this week? Uh, you 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 like the outdoor themed settings i'm noticing well the outdoor themed setting is not without peril because the uh the lighting keeps shifting the uh i'm actually in golden gate park having just flown in from from chicago and the the, the fog wisps of fog keep going over the sun so sometimes it's bright sometimes it's not but golden gate park if you've never been probably not a place that many tourists go right away but it's uh it's very nice you know it's, it's right up there with the uh, central park in uh, manhattan and so on and it's a uh it's a okay a little, little choppy on the audio um but it looks like it's got worked out i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna mute you while you talk mute me while i talk I, well the a lot of the fans would probably like that but <clears throat> so Happy Friday, everyone. Rich Swabinski with the Mortgage Collaborative here with the rundown with Robin Rich, where we take you into the weekend by running through the week that was in the always wild and crazy mortgage industry. And as always, pleased to be joined by esteemed colleague and co-host, Rob Crisman. Rob, good to see you. And uh, thanks again for the the, the lovely on-location setting. Uh, you always provide our, our live viewers, our podcast listeners. Got to do a better job mentioning this at the beginning. Join our live uh, our live sessions. They're Friday at 3 p.m. Go to mortgagecollaborative.com to get signed up. And this week, very pleased, a special co-host this week, our good friend, Senior Director of Business Development for Matic, a good partner of TMC, Tony Farnsworth. Tony, it's great to see you, bud. It's nice to be here, guys. Thanks for the invite. Those that don't know Matic, they're an embedded homeowners insurance marketplace that is really innovative way for our members to make a little bit of extra do-re-mi and to provide a better customer experience. And I remember meeting your CEO, uh, Ben Matic, way back, like early days at TMC. He was really involved with MQMR at the time, was just starting this Matic idea that he was really, really passionate about. Um, and uh, just watching it come to fruition, watching it come into the network, and then watching members have great experiences with it. It's been like the full life cycle I've got to see with Ben and yourself and others. So congrats on the success and excited to get into some conversation on mortgage tech and mortgage software because you have a decorated background in that, Tony. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I've been in the mortgage business since getting out of college uh, back when I was writing loans along with other financial products. And uh, had the opportunity to later, a little bit later in my career, spend some time at uh, Total Expert, helping lead the sales team over there. So, um, you know, looked at Matic and and saw what Ben was doing. Got pretty excited about that. Uh, Hans Hazman, who uh, spent years in City's mortgage business, also at Total Expert, uh, is along here for the ride with us. So we're super excited about it. You got a great product, but you got great people that are known quantities too to our network. It's just been the uh, ultimate success story. We got Matic linked in the chat for people that want to learn more about what they're doing and uh, looking forward to the conversation. So let's go ahead and get into it. So Rob, all kinds of stuff going on this week. I, I see your hands up. 
Yeah, you Rich. Want to check, okay. <clears throat> Sorry. No, yeah. Not that I ever want to interrupt the master, but I can't help but admire. I, I, I is it the volume enhancing conditioner that that you're using? Is it Prell? I mean, what what is going on with with the hairline? I have. I everybody thought I was bald, and uh, you know, I. I'm just letting it grow. I, I, I am at the point now where I kind of got to do something with it. It's getting kind of crazy. So, uh, you know, the, the home maintenance of it, I, I'm probably out, outlasted that. So I don't know what's going on with it, to be honest with you. But And and you've taken down your Christmas ones. The Christmas decorations are gone. Yeah, as as promised. So uh, I'm evolving. I'm, I'm evolving as a human every day. So, but. <laughs> All right. So this week. <laughs> um, a lot of stuff going on. You get the bond market trying to make sense of this crazy good jobs number from last Friday, what it means for inflation, what it means for interest rates. Anthony Shi getting booted off the Loan Depot board. Matt Ishbia uh, acquires Kevin Durant. M&A rampant. We got the Super Bowl. The chat's flying already. Where, where, where are we taking this thing to start this week, Rob? Well, let's, let's uh, put the Kevin Durant thing to bed. Uh, as as was pointed out to me by my son, Kevin Durant has not had well. Kevin Durant uh, is not by himself the great player that people think he is, supposedly, and that he does best when surrounded by you know other other superstars. Uh, you know, there, the, the, there's no I in team, as they say, but still, he's a good player, and still, it's gonna it's gonna change the dynamic uh, in the Western in the Western area. So, you know, hats off to Matt Ishbia for like a, a big trade. So good, good for him. Excellent. Um, the, the bond market loan deep, anything else in there? You got any thoughts on Anthony Shea? You know, I, I, I know him a little bit. I could send him a text or shoot him an email. Um, he's uh temperamental. I don't know. It's almost uh old news at this point. Loan depots, Kind of headed in a different direction versus when he was manning the shop and, and uh, mercurial. You heard that term, you know, volatile, volatile management style. Some people, I think, flourished under; others did not. And so he's off uh, in his, you know, fishing fleet, uh, doing his thing. I, you know, wish him the best. But I, I'm returning to Matic uh, because I'm fascinated. I mean, there's a lot of news we can talk about, but. And we're going to keep talking about Matic, but but Tony, I wanted to ask you: You meet somebody in an elevator, and they ask what Matic does. What is your three or four sentence elevator speech about about what it does? Because to me, it it seems fascinating. It seems like a no brainer for lenders to to say, "Wait a minute, my loan officers can make more money, and they hardly have to do anything. Why wouldn't they want to do that?" So, can you tell? Give once again, give us the three or four sentence summary of, of Matic? Yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, you know, I always kind of look at, you know, what problem we're trying to solve for. And you think about, you know, just mortgage has gone digital in general with point of sales coming through and a lot of different technologies coming through. Uh, you know, condition to close alone is insurance. It's one of the industries that has not evolved at all, right? And so, you know, we kind of looked at the problem from them having to find agents to having limited carrier options to processors having to chase down documentation, some of those types of things. And we just figured out a way to build a marketplace to be able to provide 45 different companies quotes real time with actionable data 
that they could buy a policy and we send the documentation and approvals uh, over to the lender so that the customer has a better experience. Ultimately, the, uh, the uh, processing team has a better experience. And to your point, you know, it is an enterprise software. So, you know, we do have the ability to structure an opportunity with these lenders to uh, have a little extra cashish at the end of the month. Cashish as opposed to hashish. <laughs> we, won't, we won't go. Rich will, Rich will fly off the handle at that. We, we need to bring it, rein it back in. Uh, so, you know, I would, I would put insurance up in, like when you mentioned uh, I, uh, going to the DMV for a driver's license or uh, I've got to go to the post office for whatever. There are some things that make people's skin crawl a little bit, uh, one of which is dealing with insurance. And especially certain parts of the nation, you know, Florida, Louisiana, California, given the uh, wildfires, earthquakes, and so forth, insurance can be a real nightmare. So, so what is the, what is it that when you're talking to loan officers, what is it that you're telling them, you know, how they, where they fit into that insurance insurance pie? Yeah. So traditionally what we do is we actually work with a lot of the uh, the enterprises, right? So we kind of started at the top of the organization uh, because there are integrations and some of those types of things that we put in place to automate the process for them. So, you know, think about it from the, the standpoint of, you know, a loan, uh, a loan gets in the process with intent to proceed. You know, we can fire off automated communications um, infused with the customer's data. So literally they just have to click a button can get their insurance quote, um, they can bind coverage online, not even have to talk to somebody, um, or they can talk to over one of our 100 agents, um, either in Columbus, Ohio, or Phoenix, Arizona, um, and you know get that policy done. So you know the ultimate benefit to the loan officer in general is you know it's going to help them you know not only push the process through faster, it's going to save their processors time so they can work on files more and just move these loans through the system quicker. So. It's a huge opportunity, like I said, for the consumer to win um, and the loan officers and ultimately the lenders too. So do you deal with, well, first of all, how big is Matt? How many full-time employees do you have? Yeah. So we have about 300 employees um, and we've gone through uh, a few different uh, fundraisers over the years. All right. Congratulations on that. And then do you also, do you also deal with other industries besides mortgage? Um, so we have a couple different uh, partners that outside of industries, but the majority of our partnerships are either with um, you know lenders and or servicers. Super Bowl ad uh, for Matic Sunday? No. You know we don't go direct <laughs> to consumer. We don't exactly. go direct yeah, to consumer, sure, yeah, so yeah. we won't have a Super Bowl ad. But uh, we only work with uh, we only work with partners. That's everything I do. That's our go to market strategy, and uh, it's worked out pretty good so far. About three Rich. mil, about three mil for thirty seconds around kickoff, just to show how much things have changed. Remember a year ago, the Super Bowl, yeah. crypto and mortgage commercials. I don't think you're going to see many any of those this year. No. Well, I think, I I I think people, uh, especially members of the Mortgage Collaborative, should watch be watching those ads to see where their Mortgage Collaborative dues are going. Because I think the rumor is that TMC has an ad involving a Clydesdale. Which brings mm. up a whole another topic. Have you guys heard about this uh, controversy? Or somebody sent me a story about Clydesdales being mistreated uh, by Budweiser. Have, have you guys heard this? Somehow yeah. I missed the you know, emerging yeah. story. Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway, anyway, we digress. <laughs> we digress. 
Uh, so yeah, Super Bowl adds about three mil around kickoff for for thirty seconds, and uh, always interesting to see which which companies are throwing all in. We remember, uh, really, it was the Rocket Mortgage pu- push button get mortgage that really started the digital era in the mortgage industry. It was that Super Bowl ad that changed everything. Really, was the catalyst. Um, it was it was a masterful ad because Rocket didn't necessarily have any technology that every other lender doesn't have, right? They uh, they were able to put it out there to the public, though, and suddenly every borrower contacting every lender said, well, it's supposed to be this easy. Why isn't it this easy with you? So, A lot of Super Bowl chat and predictions in the chat. Uh, my official prediction, uh, Eagles 30-27, just a little too good in the trenches, a little too good at A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, maybe the difference um and uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna lean philly um so uh, any any super bowl thoughts or predictions uh tony and then rob uh so we just were talking about this last night with my kids i'm a 14 year 11 year old my son's starting to get heavier into football playing fantasy doing that stuff i told him i'm going chiefs my daughter picks chiefs the other the other two are eagles all the way so we have a split house here rob what's your official show prediction Kansas City. KC. Yeah, I want I would like to see. I, I you know, I have no ill will for either team and I'd like them both. It uh hopefully we get a good game and uh you know uh a good ending. So is it, is yeah. the show over already, Rich? This is usually the end of the show conversation. I'm not done talking about Maddox. <laughs> no, can, can, can we can a lot can of we Super come... Bowl chatter in the in the chat? So well, I that shows where people Every time I try to go to a real a real topic, you dodge my question. So you know, I'm, like, I'm oh, perfectly oh. happy to talk about. What would you like to talk about? Interest rates, interest rates, pre- predict, uh, predict mortgage rates for the rest of the year. If you could, real quick, there, Mister Habib. I mean, I'm sorry, you cut out there. Some uh, go car was going by. What was that? I said predict mortgage rates for the rest of the year. You know, that's mortgage what rates. People really want uh, more of the same. <laughs> so uh, there's like a bomber flying overhead. I'm sorry. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the economy. Then we'll come back to Matic. The, the news continues to be very good with regard to the economy, you know, a soft landing, if, if at all. But, you know, as, as we've talked about, every bit of news that comes out, somebody comes in and says, well, wait a minute, you know, next month we're going to see this and next week we're going to see that. And it's always very forward looking in terms of the, the news that keeps coming in. It, you know, it's been like that since day one. But, you know, I don't. I made the comment today or yesterday that gee, rates aren't going to, going to go down, so they're going to go up, and uh, and we've seen a little bit of that. And some of the action recently uh, was attributed to a poor thirty-year bond auction because everything's supply and demand driven. But in general, you know, we could I could see us just chopping around here into the summer, maybe go a little bit lower. But really, I mean, given the strong employment number. Uh, and numbers that we continue to to receive, and decent inflation and so forth. It's a, um, you know, it's not it's not very recessionary. And so the Fed, the Fed, the Fed has made it clear. I don't know how much more clear they can make it that inflation is not under control from their from their vantage point, and they they're all primed to raise short term rates, you know, another fifty basis points at their next meeting. No question. 
So, well, Tony, I want to get Tony. I want to get Tony. I want to get your thoughts. Just the general fluctuation in rates this last year. How it's affected the homeowners insurance part of our business. But I think Rob, it's like the market is like the Fed has to say that, right? So if the market is basically just saying like the Fed is saying what they have to say, and then they're kind of making their own judgment right now is kind of what's going. I mean, nobody really believe you know the the. the where the markets are at would indicate that the markets don't believe Powell's rhetoric a hundred percent. Right. I mean, he's not, but he's, he's, (laughs) he's not out. He's not, he's not in that post to lie to the public and lie to the investor community. He's not there. Lie is a strong word, but I think there's certain things he has to say and can't like, he can't come out and say, Oh my God, freaking we're so happy with what's going on with inflation. It's awesome. Like we think we got this, you know, I mean, that's probably, Maybe what he's thinking a little, you know, like, uh, no. You think he goes home and sits in front of the fireplace? I think so. You got to give all these canned speeches sifter, and every word is manufactured. He probably goes home to his wife and he's like, we are Randy. killing this inflation thing. You know, we're just slaying it. <laughs> hats, hats off to me. At the bar know. at happy hour, he's telling all the other Fed economists he hangs out with, you know, they're bragging, they're doing shots. No. Beating their chest in the locker room. Yeah, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors in the Federal Reserve, Rich. But, uh, you know, things aren't going so bad. Things things are going okay. But <laughs> getting back to Matic, Tony, does yeah. uh, have do you sense in, in Matic's business channel, do you, do you see fluctuations in business? You know, Rich and I talk, or I do at least, I'm out here talking about, you know, airport parking lots and, and restaurants being crowded as a gauge of, of the economy. But do you see through your business flow, a do you get a sense of economic cycles or is the company too new to, to see anything like that yet? So we actually have, what's interesting about Matic, um, you know, we work with quite a few significant lenders and servicers, you know, Coopers, the Freedoms, you know, companies like that. And so we have all, you know, the data coming through our system and running quotes and so on and so forth. Um, I I was going to joke around. I can always tell, you know, if we're in a recession or not by the airport parking lot, for sure. Um, And based on the Minneapolis one, we're definitely not in a recession, (laughs) but um, you know, I think what's interesting is, you know, if you look at insurance rates, and I'm sure any of you that are homeowners experience this over the last, you know, year or so, especially we've seen rates significantly increasing on the homeowners insurance side of things. Multitude of reasons for that, whether it be insurance regulators across the country during COVID, not allowing for, you know, rate increases. And then, of course, you have building costs when disasters do happen, you know, that need to be replaced. So, you know, carriers are kind of in this position right now where, you know, this year and, and probably, you know, a little bit going forward, um, you're going to see significant increases in rates, which, you know, for servicers, especially, and, you know, originators in the DTI world to kind of fall into this too. It just kind of leads to the more important reason why you need to have multiple carrier options for your customers to not only retain them, but if you are going through an origination to be able to get them qualified. And Tony, something else that came up recently, CFPB came out with a statement essentially putting, uh, you know, mortgage comparison sites on notice, the RESPA tentacles to that. Uh, that is like a world you guys dabble in. And I know the way one of the many great things about you guys is you provide a compliant solution and, a, you know, uh, another offering. So a borrower could never say I was steered into this homeowner's product. But I wanted to get your thoughts on, on that recent news development as well. 
Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I've spent, um, you know, my time at Total Expert, you know, we obviously had some RESPA implications that we need to focus on there that uh, the team did a fantastic job with. Coming into Matic, not much different. I've spent more more hours on calls with uh, external counsel about RESPA and making sure that, you know, we're setting up a compliant program. But yeah, no, to your point, there's a lot of lenders right now, especially that are looking for additional ways to drive a customer experience and revenue. Um, and so they're looking at things like insurance. And the problem is if, if people don't understand mortgage, they don't understand the laws and regulations around it, they don't understand RESPA, um, you know, it could put them in a, in a, in a somewhat of a bad situation. You know, there's, there's an insurance um, company out there today, an insurance carrier that's, that's kind of gone after, you know, partnering with mortgage companies. The, the biggest problem there is, is when they offer insurance, they're offering their own insurance first. And then if you don't, you know, qualify there, they're offering a couple other, you know, potential partners. And so when I saw that that note come out, the, the warning shot from the CFPB on this, um, you know, for us, it really made a lot of sense because we've been preaching this forever. Um, and we're just hoping that, you know, people truly, if they're going to look at a program like this, that they truly, you know, work with an experienced company. You know, we're in this kind of climate, too, where, you know, it's going to be mostly purchased. It's going to be very competitive. I mean, I just, you know, anybody that's been in this, you know how the cycles go, right? I mean, there is going to be, we've had very little focus on RESPA the last five or six years. If you're a lender and you're not really focused on making sure everything you are doing is 100% RESPA compliant, uh, that would be a mistake in my mind. So, <clears throat> This is the Sundown with Rob and Rich. I'm Rich Swabinski with the Mortgage Collaborative, joined as always by Rob Crisman. And this week, really happy to have the Senior Director of Business Development for Matic, Tony Farnsworth. Rob, your hand is up. Well, so Tony, so you get a call. I, I think it's important for, for viewers and listeners to understand how it actually works. You receive a phone call from, let's say, uh, from Rich. Who, who runs Rich and Rob's Mortgage. And we've got, you know, 50 loan officers, a couple different branches, a couple different states. And we're doing, you know, a fair chunk of purchase business and, and we're looking to improve our bottom line. So you get a phone call from, from Rich and Rich says, hey, I, I, you know, I looked at your site. I, I understand the basics of Matt, you know, Matt, what, what are the steps that you have to go through or that, that Rich, as a, who's in charge of Rich and Rob's mortgage, go through to, to bring Matic on board? Yeah, so a great question. So essentially everything that we do with our partners is, is really kind of a, a co-branded focus to their customers, right? And so, you know, traditionally we would set up, you know, just a, a typical agreement could be in an MSA or something to that effect, depending on the organization. Um, and either number one, we'll, you know, look at partnerships where we can pay for, you know, services as they're going through to help advertise and market, you know, Matic inside the ecosystem that they live in. Um, or, you know, it could go down the pathway of, uh, doing a typical, you know, revenue share. Um, you know, we don't, we don't do anything around JVs, um, for a number of reasons, uh, which we can get deeper into maybe at another time, but, um, you know, setting up a type of partnership where there is a revenue share on on ultimately commissions made long term on on uh, policies written. So, um, again, you know, going into that conversation is is quite deep and there's a lot of nuance to it. But the the core of it is um, essentially we can set up a partnership with uh, mostly rev share from that aspect. And then, you know, an insurance, it's not an upfront you know, payment like typical maybe mortgage would be. 
And so, you know, there is a residual component to it, which is, you know, quite attractive for doing the right thing for the consumer. Very interesting. Um, other the other news we didn't bring up that is, you know, Racket agreeing to pay the legal bills of any of the UWM lawsuit people. Rob, your thoughts on that? I know, I know you're a big Matt Ishbia fan. So you're on, I think you're on mute. Yeah. Volume, uh, you know, volume's impacting everybody. For Rocket to do that, I think is a uh you know, the, I've heard from the folks at, at United Wholesale, and you know, it's like, gee, Rocket. Like it's dying on the vine. They're withering and they're doing these last ditch efforts to try to, you know, keep their volume up. I'm not so sure that's really the case, but it is, you know, since day one, uh, that has been, and not day one certainty, but, you know, by Fannie Mae, but, you know, ever since they, that, that got rolled out, it was, you know, it's been challenged. People are grumbling about it. Brokers are upset about it. I know that when Matt <coughs> Ishbia's purchase of the Phoenix Suns was going through, uh, the fans there were thinking that uh, they they would be able to attend Phoenix Suns games only and not be able to attend game basketball games in other stadiums. I don't know how how uh, founded in truth that is, but the you know for for Rocket to do that, you know, good for them. They've got they've got some pretty deep pockets. Dan Gilbert's a savvy business person. I don't know how much. He was behind that that uh, plan, but you know it certainly gives comfort, I would think, to brokers because they do want the choice. Uh, they do want to be able to sell to United Wholesale or broker to you know Fairway or or Rocket or, or whoever. Uh, yeah, I think it's you know big boys playing with their toys, right? Got they've got some cash to to spend, so why not make a splash with it? Tony, any thoughts? Uh, you know, it's funny. I've been, you know, I've been watching this over the, the recent years that a lot of this has transpired. And when I first saw UWM come out kind of with that ultimatum, I was I was a little blown away. So I've been sitting here watching with like a bucket of popcorn and just kind of throwing it in <laughs> as, it, as it goes. Um, but I agree with Rob. I mean, it's it's big boys playing with their toys and it'll be interesting to see what happens. I love to see the the competition. Um, I think it drives a lot of innovation and enthusiasm around the industry in itself. But um, I guess only time will tell. It'll be interesting. I got no dog in the fight. Rackets business model far more diversified. Oh, my God. I, UWM wouldn't surprise me if they're out of business in three years. I, I hate to say it, but uh so, Rich, did you hear from the from the TMC lender members about what, what was the chatter in the ranks about that? You know, I think there's an element of our IMB owners that, you know, that feel like the biggest IMBs maybe don't, you know, paint the greatest light. And maybe that's, you know, I, I think there's and I, I I don't disagree with that, honestly. Um, but you know, I think they mostly just kind of watch the the broker side of of our industry with some amusement, and you know, it's it's like Tony said, fun popcorn uh, eating uh, material. But uh, you know, my experience with the broker side of the industry is like every time they start to gain market share, it kind of like self implodes on itself and goes back down to like eight nine percent. But that's just been history. We'll see what happens, and. Uh, you know, I mean, again, the whole premise of the broker model is choice and options and low cost to the borrower. So when you start saying you can't do business with them, you know, it just you're you're completely, you know, 
ruining the whole premise of that channel and what makes it what, what has made it attractive. So, but yeah, I want to ask Tony, you know, there's some, there are some third party providers can't hear me no now we can okay i want to ask tony about user groups because there are some third-party providers who who do user groups or encourage communication between your clients and they are able to use the data that they are obtaining from their clients not in a bad way but in a good way to help those clients and help encourage like, Hey, have you thought about doing things this way or that way? Or we have a client doing things this way. Do you have, do you share information? Do you, because you see this kind of insurance information across across a wide variety of enterprises. Do you use that information to help existing clients? So we do, Um, you know, there's, it's interesting. I always joke with people that I talk to now is we've had, you know, eight, nine years worth of trying to figure out what works and what doesn't, you know, and we're constantly, you know, testing different things. So, you know, the benefit of, of lender partners and, and services that are signing up today, ultimately with somebody like Matic is, you know, they have years of learnings and so can drop into a program that we know works and is effective from that aspect. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, we did the same thing back at other companies I've used. I think user groups are probably one of the best uh, things. It creates, it creates such an awesome community um, and really elevates the game all around. So um, we have it. I know other companies do too. And I would encourage everybody to, you know, that's in the vendor space, at least to make sure that they're sharing best practices. Do you, do you have a competitor? We do. We don't mention their names, but no. okay. right. <laughs> never mind. Never no, mind. we do. Forget, forget we, I asked. No, it's a, it's a great it's a great question because we actually do have some people that are you know trying to get in the space or they were in auto and they thought they'd get into home, you know some of those types of things. the The reality is is there's nobody in this space that has more experience and and the technology side of things with the API connections we have to carriers um, than Matic does. So you know you can choose a different partner um, to try it out and see what happens. Uh, you know, but again, you know, we've been doing this a long time. We have a ton of data. We know what works. We know what doesn't. We structured it the right way. And um, usually when, you know, when we look at us compared to a bunch of other folks, um, we've gone through RFPs and some of those types of things with some pretty large organizations, um, you know, Matic has come out on top. So any lenders that <clears throat> that residual income stream on homeowners can be pretty compelling. You get that thing going over time. I know it's helped a lot of our members through this year having that. Um, and any lenders right now that aren't looking at every every rock they can they can turn over to find a little extra a little extra juice. Uh, probably short sighted. So uh, apropos time to to take a look at things like this. And there's a link in the chat, you could book a demo, just one click in the chat with Matic, if you want to see a little bit more what they're doing, how they're helping our members and what they're doing for the industry and how it can help your organizations bottom line a little bit. So uh, um, Rob, getting back into the news, this chat GPT thing, you if you messed around with this at all, it's 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 starting to make some waves in our industry. Is this uh, is this anything on your radar? The the what thing is making I heard, waves? I heard this is how you're writing your column in the morning. Now you're just you're asking ChatGPT a question and it pumps it out and you just send it out on email. ChatGPT, you haven't heard of this? 
this AI tool is really popular. You can know. All right. Okay. It's maybe that they're not talking about that in the airport. Uh, Tony, Tony help me out here. Do you know what he's talking about? <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Yes, I do. I do know what, uh, what he's talking about. I've, I've tried it. I've used it. Um, and it's a really interesting technology it, when it works. Right. Uh, I know they got slammed about a month ago when it first kind of rolled out. And, um, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting piece of technology. I found it to be, uh, Good, not great, and um, it hasn't really. I've never really used it for anything in terms of communications outside of just playing with it. But I could definitely see how uh, it, it could definitely change the game. What, what game is it changing? I don't. I don't clearly, so, for example, I, I just heard Gary Vaynerchuk do a piece on this. How like you can use this for LinkedIn? It's genius. So if LinkedIn you're, is that social media? It is. Yeah. So if you're an LO in say Tampa, Florida, you can ask chat GP, Hey, you know, can you explain to me trends in the local real estate market in Tampa Bay, Florida? And it will produce like immediately, like a pretty well laid out, you know, uh, account of, you know, something that you can take, make some slight modifications to use it as content on LinkedIn or another platform and hearing Gary V talk about this and, you know, like he, he's so ahead of the game. It, it's, I think you're going to see that CNN just did a piece on how real estate agents are using it to um, send out information about listings, to send out replies on listings. So uh, something to just put on your radar. It would be, that would be exciting if they had any listings to talk about. Right. Well, one day maybe. Yeah. No. What about Rob? There was a there was a new change at the head of the bank in of Japan. Did you were you consulted on that? Did you help? Did you help select Kazuro Uida uh, as the new head of the Japan? I'm impressed. So, Tony, just so you know, Rich Rich always stumbles over Japanese names, and the fact that he was able just to let that let that one. I was oh, like a George Like I prepared, I worked on that pronunciation for before the show. It's pretty yeah. good, Rich. Not bad. <laughs> Yeah. I used to love Bush when I, I'm, I'm not getting political, but it was just funny to me. Like, you know, the names of the leaders and Biden, totally different funny now. Um, but uh, the names of the leaders, like during the terrorism thing, when he was trying to pronounce them was, was funny. So the, the Japan is an interesting place. Obviously I've never actually been, but look at the Japanese economy. If you look at the Japanese population, it's not the, powerhouse that a lot of people think and the population's been aging and declining and so the you know it's not like you said it's not the world power I mean, the bank of japan it's, it's obviously a good ally and they have some very found, uh, sound fiscal policies but uh i don't think they're they're quite it's quite the big deal as you say certainly the united states or what's going on in china or germany or the uk in terms of uh, central bank activity, but um, I think that it's a uh, it's a good choice from what I what I've heard. I've heard a little bit, and, and obviously he's qualified. So, yeah, a lot of stuff in the chat. A lot of chat. Evidently, Rob, you're the only one that, that doesn't know what Chat GPT is because a lot of uh, a lot of chatter in the chat about it, about how people are using it. Um, uh, some stuff in the chat about the delivery fees. We haven't talked about those, but that uh, has been. I, the, probably the topic of the last couple of weeks for our lender members. Tony, any thoughts on uh, some of the changes we saw with the delivery fees with uh, the GSCs these last few weeks here? Yeah, no, I don't. That's that's outside my wheelhouse. I'll let Rob handle that one. Rob, any refreshed thoughts on the delivery fee increases? Oh, we, we, 
we talked about it last week, I think, or perhaps the week before, you know, the, the quickest way to impact the business channel, a business line, a product, anything is through price. You know, if you want to, if you're the, the one of two gas stations in town, and you want to take a day off, you just jack your price up and you won't get any business. It's as simple as that. And so the, the GSEs in terms of delivery fees, they have, you know, circles back to what I was asking Tony about in terms of using data. And there are organizations out there, especially industry-wide organizations like TMC, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, MERS, you know, whoever it is that has access to different lenders and different organizations' data, and they can slice and dice that and and come up with some really interesting products and some really nifty things. And so if you look at the trillions of dollars that have flowed through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac uh, over the last several decades, trillions and trillions, they have a, a huge database. And you have to figure out and you have to, you have to understand that when they tweak something or make a decision, they know the implications. Now, I, Rich, I sent that letter to you that I, 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 I sent a note to Sandra Thompson, not that it does any good whatsoever, but there's, you know, there's some problems uh, with regard to the, the recent loan level price adjustment changes that impact a fair segment of our borrowers. And I know that the MBA, in fact, I was writing it up for tomorrow's commentary, the MBA sent her a letter echoing that or, or reiterating that, uh, you know, discussing things like, gee, we're getting into the spring buying season. You know, why, why, why do you want to make these changes now that will have a negative impact on a certain segment of the borrowers that are out there when we're trying to promote, you know, home ownership and first time home buyers and so forth. So I think, you know, even though I'm sure Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and the FHA did a lot of number crunching ahead of these changes, I think that they may, that the FHA, I think that the three of them may change. But what do I, you know, what do I know? I'm just standing here in Golden Gate Park watching women joggers go by. <laughs> I think you may be right. I mean, with Sandra's coming to our conference in a few weeks. So we've been going back and forth with her and her people just on, you know, questions and, you know, I, Honestly, she, you know, we put some questions in there for her and like, you know, other industry leaders would say, hey, take those out and, you know, none of that. So um, I think you could see, you could maybe see it it tweaked or or, or changed before the May 1 implementation. Rich, uh, Rich, do you reimburse her for flying private or do you tell her she has to go Southwest coach and, and bump her up to A-list preferred? Well, government employees, you can't pay anything, you know, unlike you, we, you know, we have to, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, the red carpet, the limos at the airport with Sandra, she just shows up. We don't got to pay for anything. <laughs> I'm glad I don't work for the government. <laughs> oh, too funny. This is the rundown with Robin Rich, Rich Swabinski with the Mortgage Collaborative, joined as always by Rob Chrisman this week, the Senior Dir uh, Director of Business Development for Matic, Tony Farnsworth, got about five, 10 minutes left. Tony, mortgage technology in general, how would you assess the state of mortgage tech as a whole as, as we get, we're in the early part of 2023 year? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think everybody kind of sees it across the board, you know, Mortgage uh, companies have been, you know, struggling a little bit over the last, uh, you know, six to eight months. 
technology companies are kind of feeling the same heat a little bit. You know, there's been some rifts across the industry that I've heard. Some really good people out there are looking for new opportunities um, to really grow. What I would say, though, as talking to some of the CEOs of some of these great companies out there, um, as, as excited as they've been in the past, they're more excited now. I think there's a lot of innovation that they're working on. Um, you know, I think they're trying to figure out how do you drive ultimately just overall better customer experience? How do you uh, streamline the flow, um, you know, of originating, you know, uh, and manufacturing loans? How do you provide a better service level to, you know, servicing customers and, and how can that technology help do that? I think the chat G, uh, GPT thing that we were just talking about before, um, I wouldn't be surprised if you start to see that start seeping into more and more technology, um, helping, you know, loan officers, real estate agents, helping everybody around the financial industry be able to provide a better, um, you know, like I said, overall experience to these customers, including banks and credit unions are really focused on it too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no question about it. And um, it, just AI in general, it's it's emerging. And you know, I think it probably is not where we thought it would be at this point. Um, but you're now starting to see it seep into really all industries, ourself, uh, ours included. I just, you know, you get to the end of the year and you come into a new year, you get to a lot of these like prediction columns and podcasts and pieces where people are predicting emerging trends um, that you'll see throughout the course of the calendar year that we're just going into and artificial intelligence, not, not that it's a new thing, but the mainstream adoption of it, like we're starting to see with chat GPT and others, uh, a big trend for this year. So, uh, Tony, any, tr any other trends on mortgage tech specifically, maybe that you see emerging this year, maybe even in future years? Um, yeah, you know, I think the, uh, I wouldn't say anything specific that's not, you know, already out there in the marketplace. Like I said, I, I think, you know, um, um, you know, I, I, again, I think just overall AI and how you communicate with your customers, I think customer retention is more important than ever. Right. And so companies are trying to utilize different technologies out there um, to be able to meet the intersection of where that customer sits and, and the offerings that they have. So I'll give you an example, like at Matic, when we work with, um, you know, some of our servicers will actually, you know, take the data that's sitting there and we'll be able to run it through a proprietary quoting engine uh, and compare that against the current insurance they have, right? And so by doing that, we'll be able to create an offer for that customer, for you, Rich, that says, hey, Rich, you're paying X amount of money now with the new quote, you can pay, you know, $600 a year less than what you're spending right now. And using that uh, around the time of things like escrow analysis, using it for pre-expiration, post-expiration. So, you know, really it's just about a lot of companies are trying to figure out how do you take your whole tech stack and make it communicate with each other um, and integrate with each other so there is no silos and or gaps. And then how do you take that and make it actionable, right? To actually deliver to the consumer the right offer at the right time in the right place, right? And so I, from what I'm talking to a lot of uh, folks out there, um, that's a big thing that they're working on right now and trying to go deeper on. Good stuff, Tony. Uh, Rob, last story I wanted to touch on, <clears throat> something that is a growing concern to me just for housing in America, the construction part of the business, starting to be a lot more demand for new homes to be built for all the obvious reasons and things that suppressed that last year. And uh, <clears throat> story that came out yesterday just talking about the the lack of workers um, in the construction industry in America, the impact that some of the immigration 
the crackdown changes we had over the last decade have it probably had more impact on that industry than any other. Um, the numbers cited in this column was that the construction industry currently is about 550,000 workers short of what they need just to keep up with demand. And one of every four construction workers in America is over 55 years old. So uh, this is something just as we talk about inventory and needing to create new housing stock and more affordable housing stock in America. It just seems like this is getting to the point where it, it's, you know, it's something that's got to be done at some point, most likely. I know you're a free market guy and everything will work it out, but, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge problem. Uh, and I'm not going to pin the the blame on any particular administration or any particular time period, but uh, you know, briefly touching back on Japan, uh, you know, in an aging population, it's tough to find you know unskilled workers to do anything. In this country, yeah, we've got an aging population. Traditionally, a lot of immigrants have have gone into the construction trades. Obviously. It's lacking. And when you just try to get somebody who uh, is, you know, a painter or a remodeler or or some some, you know, tradespeople, um, it's very, very difficult. And the price keeps going up. And at some point it'll make economic sense for people to go into that. But, you know, if you're a, uh, you know, a 17 year old high school, get a high school kid getting ready to graduate and you want to go, you know, do something. Yeah, you know, usually, well, I'm going to go, you know, learn how to code or I'm going to go to college. And then they go to college. I'm not saying that's a bad thing not by any stretch of the imagination, but there is this perceived economic benefit, obviously, of going to college. Whereas if you become a, a, a tradesman, if you become a plumber or a carpenter or, or a mason, and I'll tell you, if you have a decent product, and show up on time to give bids and give competitive bids and, and handle your handle your work in a uh, professional manner. I mean, you could make a tremendous amount of money. And so, uh, especially like five years from now, when the supply demand, right? Because nobody people aren't going into plumbing, right? So if you need a plumber today or five years from now, in theory, plumbers should be making a lot more money. Hmm. I, I think they will. I mean, they already make. I mean, gee, I don't I don't know how much plumbers make. I think they do pretty well. But yeah, it's a supply and demand thing where if the money's there, people will go there. But it, it but it's the whole butt crack stereotype they've been able to overcome. You know, it's remarkable. So yeah, Tony, um, any uh, I'm looking for we four weeks TMC San Diego. Looking forward to seeing you and the the entire uh, Matic team out there in sunny San Diego uh, in a few weeks and. Uh, uh, any any other thoughts to take us into the weekend? Uh, uh, bring it home here. Yeah, no, we're um, we're excited about the the conference coming up in San Diego. Like I said, I've been there a couple times already this year, and it is a uh, a fantastic place. So I'm looking forward to it. And um, you know, myself and and Hans Hazeman, we'll also have uh, Maria Taft, who's our director of um, strategy, business development strategy, will be there also. Um, we're going to be a part of the Lightning Showcase. Um, so we're we're excited and ready to have some fun. So all, all the folks on the call and and the uh, lender members that are going to be there, we look forward to uh, you know seeing everybody there. We'd love to uh, spend some time talking a little bit about what a partnership might look like. So it's one of the meetings you want to take to our members that'll be there because uh, it's a way you can make a little bit extra money and it's a great great product. So in three weeks, not four, uh, 
Amy, uh, our events director, corrected me. So, Rob, any uh, thoughts to take us into the weekend on maybe my new uh, Hank Aaron or Willie Mays cards or the fact that Steph Curry is now a not-my-backyard guy or uh, any you know, the Rich, Warriors' Rich, lack of action at the deadline, giving up on James Wiseman, anything uh, you got there for us? Have your sweaty little palms been holding those, cupping those cards for the whole show, just waiting to flash them up there. I got a Mickey Mantle I picked up there, old, <laughs> little beat up. Uh, oh, Jim Brown, Jim Brown, old school, uh, school. So on the, uh, on the plane ride over, I uh, took back to the West Coast. I watched a, uh, I guess it's a new documentary on Willie Mays. <laughs> Thumbs up, Rich. You would you would like you would enjoy. I'll have it. to check that out. Uh, yeah, I love documentaries, especially yeah. Especially it's, a, so. it's all about Willie Mays, and uh, I met Willie Mays, but that's a story for a uh, a different show. I uh, well, actually, quick. I mean, we've lost half the audience already, right? But I'd heard that if you go to Willie Mays' house, this is years ago, he will he will give you like a signed baseball. He'll give you really? stuff, and so I took Robbie and some of his buddies down south of san francisco a very nice area and i knew his address and so sure enough we walked up and there's willie mays handing out stuff oh, at his sweet. door oh so, that's so cool very it's cool. very cool very cool so anyway there's my willie mays uh story very cool but, well as uh, always yeah. uh thank you very much to our attendees uh, for joining us on the live stream podcast youtube Apple, Spotify, find us in all those places. Search TMC Connect. And big thanks to Tony Farnsworth, our good friends at Matic Insurance, uh, for being part of the show today and uh, spreading some knowledge on the network. Tony, as always, always great to chat with you on the industry. Really appreciate you being on the show today. Yeah, I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. And, uh, Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you, awesome. guys. Everybody, enjoy the Super Bowl. 3027 Eagles. I'm I'm planting my flag on. I know Mike Hano will love that. Um, so fly, Eagles, fly. And, uh, <laughs> see y'all next Friday. Thanks, guys. I'm gonna have to for more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.